The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you open up to Mark chapter 12? And um, I want to share with you something that I've been sharing with you for 22 years, and that's our vision. Our vision hasn't changed. 22 years ago, when Anne and I arrived here, uh, our church was called North Shore Christian Life Center, and um, now it's called Life Source Christian Church. Uh, but 22 years ago, when Anne and I arrived with our three little children, and uh, Christelle was seven, because she's going to turn 30 sometime at the end of this month. We don't know when. But at the end of this month, somewhere between the 28th of February and the 1st of March, Anne will turn, Christelle will turn, it's, her name's Christelle Anne, will turn 30. But when we arrived here, she was seven years of age. And now look at her, nearly 30 years of age. And we were meeting at Chatswood High School with about, uh, how many of you remember the days of Chatswood High School? The setup, the pull down, and all of that, and the neighbors that got cranky at us for doing rehearsals at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. What is the matter with you people making all this noise at 8 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> so, uh, But, you know, through God's grace, we've been able to build this building and put insulation into the roof. So never once have our neighbors complained about the noise. How awesome is that? Because we designed it specifically to protect the neighbors. But over the years, we've seen hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people come through our church. And, and today it's wonderful to have multiple services because we can't fit them all in. And, uh, and you know what? The best is yet to come. We, we've been talking to our team that, that very soon we're going to add a third service. An 8 a.m. service. How many of you? How many of you are keen to come at 8 a.m. to church? Look at that! Look at that! Huh? How exciting! How exciting! I love that because some of you are early risers. How many of you are early risers? Huh? That's okay because you know I, I love the fact that we're going to put an 8 a.m. service sooner sooner than later because uh, some people are ready and then what they've got the rest of the day free. Then other people, and they're not here. <laughs> they're not here, so I can talk about them. They love to sleep in. Uh, and so when we put the 11 o'clock service on, and those people are not here because they're still sleeping, and, uh, but they'll be awake by 11 o'clock. So oh, thank you, Pastor John, for putting on 11 o'clock service because we don't get to sleep in. And on Sundays, now that you put the 11 o'clock service, and you know what? When we do a four, fourth service, it'll be 1 p.m. Come on. <laughs> That's for the people that really, really love to sleep in a lot. And, uh, you know, but it's just a wonderful thing just to see what God has done in 22 years. So I've gotten a little bit older, a little bit wiser, more gray hair. But you know what? I just love what God's doing. And you know what? I'm full of energy. How many of you can see that? I'm full of strength and full of belief that our best years are still in front of us. How many of you believe that? But for 22 years... Anne and I have been preaching the same message. For 22 years, we've been preaching the same vision. And all the vision is about, here it is, it's so simple. It's about bringing God and people together. You know, if you, if you want to summarize our vision in just one statement, that's what we're here to do, to bring God and people together. And, and we do that by simply loving God, growing spiritually, and helping others. 
So that's, that's what it's all about. It's bringing God and people together by loving God, growing spiritually and helping others. Do you know, when I was a teenager, I had a call of God to be a pastor. Just as a teenager, I knew that I wanted to be a pastor. And I started dreaming about the church and uh, started dreaming about what I wanted the church to be like. As a teenager, and I'm, 50, I'm going to be 59 next month, so it's a long, long time ago since I was a teenager. But I, I, I was dreaming about a church that young people would love to come to. Not just a church filled with old people, though, can I just say, I love every single older person in this church. I love the fact that it might not have been designed specifically for your demographic, but you love being here and you love adding to our church. And we need the grey-haired people. We need the silver head. We need the wrinkles. We need the maturity. We need, we want, we love that. But you know what? I love the fact that you love that our church is filled with young people. I love the fact that you came this morning and there were kids at the front. And, and your whole attitude is, do you know what? I just want this church to be filled with all the generations. And so we designed it that way. See, see when, when I was a teenager going to church, it was a boring church. It was a church that was a bit freakish. We, we would have people do all sorts of strange things in church. We'd have people get under the anointing and they would just scream. How many of you know that uh, if there's a visitor and someone starts screaming, it sort of freaks them right out? And, um, but, but as far as they were concerned, that was the way that they did church. And so, and, and so I wanted a church where, and, and you know what, a church like that, there was absolutely no way known that I'd invite my friends to that church. Why? Because it wouldn't have been a good experience for them. It would have been a freakish experience for them. And so I remember just as a young man saying, if ever I, if I, if ever I pastor a church, I want a church that my kids can invite their friends to. I, I, I want to pastor a church where, where my kids growing up would so love the church that they would love to invite their kid, their friends to. And so we, we try to keep our church young. I, I try to surround myself with people because I can get stuck. How many of you know that when I was a teenager, it was in the 70s, baby. And uh, it was flared collars, big collars, flared pants. Uh, I, I'm talking about psychedelic shirts. The 70s. How many remember the 70s? You know, I'm just glad I'm not stuck in that era anymore. How would you like it if I turned up to church with my afro, my big collars, my flares, my psychedelic church uh, shirt? It's just, it's, it's another era. And it's, and it's very dangerous to get locked into an era and just time warp that era. And so one of the things that we want to do is just stay contemporary, stay modern, stay, stay up to date. And so that's why we put the lights on, you know, we put the fog on. What's the fog? Oh, that's called the Shekinah glory. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> all, all the fog does, it just gives a bit of ambience on stage so that the lights can be seen. And, you know, we got these wonderful lights and whatever. And it's what, it's, it's, it's what 
The people of today expect a contemporary look to be. And so we, we try to bring it up a couple of notches. And so every year we just bring it up. And so how many of you notice that we've got these fancy rigs all set up? We've got another two coming in today. We're going to have four on the stage. And, and it's just always bringing it up, always changing. Why? Because some churches never change. My goodness. You know, some churches, the pulpit becomes becomes so sacred that you can't even change it's it's just a table for your bible for goodness sake why why would you make the pulpit holy it's a table it's a ta- what's holy is not even the book that's on it but what's in the book see how many of you noticed that my book is all colored you know it's it's all colored i draw in it i scribble in it it's it's not the pages that are holy it's what's in the pages that's holy. It's the Word of God. And so we've we got to be careful that we don't become religious. And religiosity is such a critical thing. Because religiosity is all about the outside. And so our first thing that, that I want to focus in on is that what we're here to do is, is to create a community that encourages people to be a God lover just to be a God lover. And so let, let's, let's get into the verse. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Very famous passage of scripture. And uh, let me read it to you. Are you. Ready for this? Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that Jesus had answered them well, asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Now, that word first is not the first in a list. It's a first in ranking. It's a first in importance. So you have a list of things and then you've got a ranking of importance. And so the word that he used was which is the most important, which is the first, the most important, the foremost, the number one. In, in commandment. And Jesus answered and said, The foremost, the most important of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel. And Jesus begins to quote what's known in Judaism as the Shema. And the Shema was a prayer that every Jewish person uttered every single day. It was a prayer that was taught to the children. It was a, it was a prayer that was the foremost prayer that was taught um, to, to the little kids. It was the first prayer that they learned. It was, it was the focal point of Judaism. And when asked the question, Jesus quotes the Shema. And the Shema basically says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the foremost, the first commandment. And so what we have there is this Jesus emphasized that the most important thing that we can do is love God, but love God passionately. Jesus said, not just love God, but love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. So it's funny because love is defined in so many ways. In so many ways, you know, I mean, you, you can see it in people, the, just the definition of love. 
Um, I love ice cream. I love my car. I love my daughter. I love my wife. I love my church. How many of you know that the same word love is used? But can you compare ice cream with your wife? Some of you are saying, yeah. Love, passion for ice cream, passion for your wife. It's like, you know, I mean, can you do without ice cream? Yeah. Can you do without your wife? Now, just be careful how you answer that, okay? Be very careful if you want dinner tonight. So, so, so the way that people love God is varied. And so in this church, we want you to be passionately in love with God. Matter of fact, Steph Croft, is, is Steph here today? Yeah, there she is. Okay. Well, one of the things that, that Steph Croft said when she first started coming to this church is that she went to a church, but there weren't that many God lovers in that church. There were religious people. And so a God lover is expressive. And so he's Steph, a God lover, just loved to lift her hands. And why do we lift our hands? We just want to get closer to God. We just, it's like a little kid putting up their hands to daddy, saying, Daddy, would you just pick me up? That's why we lift our hands. We're expressive. We're, we're God. And she said, I just wanted to be in a church surrounded by God lovers. And that's why she came to Life Source. And you know what? That expression, God lovers, has stayed with me as just an expression of exactly what we're about here. We're a church of God lovers. So if you're going to come to Life Source, after a little while, you're going to become a God lover. Why is that? Because everything we do is to encourage people to love God. And so, you know, when I was a kid growing up, we had hymn books. And hymn books... And, you know, it held your hands together. You know, you put the hymn book in your hand and, and you sang the words in here. But we don't give you hymn books here. What do we do? We put the songs up there so your hands can be free to what? To clap, to be expressive, to reach out to God. Now, you know, for a lot of people when they first come here, that's probably one of the most confronting things about coming to our church is the way we do praise and worship. Ah, it's confronting. Stay a little longer. And you'll catch this way of doing praise and worship because God lovers just love to be expressive. Amen. Can anybody say amen in that? Amen. So it's not just our praise that's unique, but also our praying is unique. How many of you noticed that our praying is very spontaneous? You know what happened this morning? We, we, we were just praising God and, and Anne decided, you know what? I'm going to get Pastor Aaron to pray for the kids. He was given, how much warning was Aaron given to pray? 10 minutes. And so he didn't get his pen and paper out and just start writing out a prayer. Okay, um, A, B, C, D. It, just, it was an overflow. It was just a button got pressed and, and the prayer comes out as an overflow. So when Anne was praying, it was an overflow. When Josh was praying, it was an overflow. And so when you're a God lover, praying becomes an overflow. And that's what we're encouraging people to do. The, the only one that came prepared was Helen. She came prepared with, uh, you know, it's the 4th of February. And so it was a good intro 
to say that uh, Chaplain Johnson, the first sermon preached in Australia 229 years ago, incidentally was right in the centre of, uh, of Sydney. And, uh, and what an incredible sermon that was. And this country was launched in the fact that God is a good God. And what a sad indictment it is today where people are just wanting to remove God from prayers and and there's a push by a certain political party that wants to stop prayers in our parliament and uh, and this certain political party that I would consider the most ungodly party that we have will literally stay outside of parliament while we are praying and then when the prayers are over they all come inside what an abomination that political party is to the things of God. Imagine that. What an insult to God that when prayers are being said in our parliament, they will not even enter in. What a disgrace. And I shamedly say that because they're offending my God. They're offending your God by that. I mean, just normal people would sort of say, well, you know, I don't believe, but at least I'll be respectful. But to be offensive like that, oh, we won't offend anybody else, but let's offend the Christians, the God lovers. How many of you know that's where demons love to hang about? Anyway, I won't go on any more about that. Okay. So our praise, our praying, our preaching as well. What you'll notice in our church is our preaching just encourages people to just touch God, to be involved in the things of God. So, you know, our preaching is not going to aim at intellectualism. So, you know, I'm not going to be here to give you intellectual sermons. You can go to a Bible school, you can go to a seminary. I'm going to give you passionate sermons. I'm going to give you messages that are biblical, straight out of the Bible, but they're going to apply to you. They're going to, they're going to cause conviction. They're going to cause a stirring. The preaching in this church is all about stirring people up to love and good works. You know, I just want you to leave better than the way you came. I don't want you just leaving this place with intellectual stimulation, but your heart has never been touched. I want your heart to be touched so that when you leave this place, you, your, your relationship with Jesus is closer. You love people more. You, you, you want to love your family more. You want to love your community more. That's what this is all about, is inspiring people to love God. So, so that's how we bring God and people together, by creating a community of God lovers. The second thing about our vision is this. Not only are we to encourage you to love God and become a community of God lovers, but we're here to encourage you to grow spiritually. Our vision is to create a community who encourage people to grow spiritually. We want you to grow spiritually. Let me read to you one little verse in Ephesians 4, chapter 15. Just this little verse that sometimes is hidden away. Most people miss it, but this morning I want you to underline it. It says, therefore I also... Um, Ephesians 4, 15, it says this, um, but speaking the truth in love that you may, here it is, grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Okay. I want you to focus, underline that because here's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians church that they can grow up, grow up into what? Into becoming like Jesus. So here's my definition of growing spiritually. My definition of growing spiritually from this verse is this. Becoming like Jesus is what this is all about. We're, we're here to encourage you to be like Jesus. 
You want to grow spiritually? And, and, and this is what happens with too many people. They kind of think that discipleship and growing spiritually is gathering of information. So more information I get, the deeper I am spiritually, the, 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 the greater Christian I am. Information, you know what? There are people that have got more information that you have and are still not even saved. There are people that can tell you verses of the Bible that you don't even know. They've summarized, they've done research, they've done this, they've got incredible information, but they're not even saved. So information is not what we're about here. It's revelation that changes you so that you become like Jesus. So, so, so my definition of someone who's spiritually mature is someone who's like Jesus. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could all be like Jesus? Wouldn't it be awesome if your spouse every single day got more and more like Jesus? Wouldn't that be awesome? Kind and gracious and forgiving and loving and serving. How many of you would love to be married to someone that gracious? You know, well, you become like that first. Rather than pointing the finger at them, you change. You become, you become more like Jesus, growing spiritually. And so, and so one of the things that we do here is that we want to encourage people to grow spiritually. Now, can I tell you, the best way that you can do to love God is just become part of Life Source Church. That will help you love God. Or any church that's a God-loving church. We certainly are, but you know, we're, not, we're not saying we're the only church in Australia that's a God-loving church. There's lots of churches, amazing churches, that will help you love God. But if you want to grow spiritually, you need to do more than just come to church. You need to get into a connect group. Okay, I want to say that again. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to, more, you need to do more than just come to church. You need to get involved in a connect group. I'll say it one more time. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to do more than just come to church. You need to get involved in a connect group. Amen. Connect groups. What, why are connect groups so important? Because it's the one-on-one modeling of life that's so important. It's, it's doing life with others that's so important. It's having someone as a peer, as a friend that does life with you. And so connect groups, and, and Sandra heads up connect groups, and if you want to get involved in a connect group, see Sandra, go to the information desk. We will help you connect with a bunch of people from your demographic that will help you. And, and we find that some people have got to go to a few connect groups sometimes to find the one that they really connect with, and that's okay with us. We don't force people into one. We just say, get involved in one. Because it's in connect group that you find freedom. Freedom is so important that we find freedom. Why is that? Because our past is filled with junk. You think about your past. There's guilt and shame and remorse. And Is there anyone here that hasn't got any regrets at all? You've been perfect your whole life. Anyone like that? Okay, so all of us are in the same boat, this, including your pastor. There's stuff that I've done that I regret. There's stuff that I've done that I feel shame over. And we need to be free from that so we can move forward. Because if you're carrying the guilt 
and shame and addictions of your past, you actually pollute every single day with the junk of your past. We need to have freedom. And in connect groups, you find freedom. There's a series that I've done that you can even watch on, on, uh, on uh, our internet. Uh, just go to lifesource.org and download Enemy at the Gate. Download Enemy at the Gate, and that will help you to find freedom. But you know what? You can listen to me teaching it, but what you need is a friend that will help you walk it. And that's what happens in Connect Group. You not only get the information, you get the help. You get the, 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 the peer support that we so need to get connected. So what we do in, in, uh, in community to help you grow spiritually, we, we get you involved in freedom, then in discipleship, where discipleship is all about becoming like Jesus. Discipleship, you know, what's a disciple of Jesus? A follower after Jesus. And all discipleship is, is to behave like Jesus behaved. Well, we're here to help you behave like that. And if you want more information about that, again, go to our website and download my whole series on how to live the Christian life. And there's a whole series, 15 sessions on how to live the Christian And it gives you the information about discipleship, but what you need is someone to help you apply it. You need a connect group that will help you. You need a modeling of it. You need a human being that can model what discipleship is all about. That's what connect group does. The other thing that connect group does is that it provides you friends. We call it fellowship. It's, it's this intimate group of friends that you can do life with. You know what? I love the fact that we can celebrate together on a Sunday, but it's really hard to create intimate relationships on a Sunday in church. But in connect groups, you can eat together, pray together, share your joys, share your challenges together. You do life together. You can meet afterwards. You can do coffee. You can do tea. You can do herbal tea. How many of you are into herbal tea? I'm into coffee, folks. That's what... I mean, that helps my anointing is coffee. I would just, just put it out there, okay? And then the other thing that's so important is that you embrace your purpose. Your purpose. What are you here for? What are you here for? There's a God-given purpose. You're here for a reason. You were born for something. And what we do in Connect Groups is help you find that and help you fit in. And that's incredibly awesome. So with loving God, come to church. With growing spiritually, join a Connect Group. Helping others is our third vision statement. Helping others. I just love helping others. How many of you love helping others? There's just something powerful about helping others. I really believe true Christianity is manifest when we start helping others. It's interesting that uh, there's a scripture in Matthew 25. Turn with me to Matthew 25. Because you know I find this incredible that... Uh, that in the, last, in, the, in the last days when Jesus does the judgments, that this becomes one of the guiding factors. It says, Then the king will say, verse 34, to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Now, let me, let me just press pause there for one second. And that is this. Jesus, in John 14, verse 6, says, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So let's get this right at the beginning. 
that the only way you will get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the way. There's no other way but Jesus Christ. So you are not saved by the works that you do, but you are saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, it's, it's, very, it's by grace that you were saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the free gift of God. Can anybody say amen to that? But we'll also be judged by the works. We'll also be judged by what we've done. So you can't separate works at all. Your salvation is not based on works, but can I just say to you that your rewards in heaven will be? There's a connection between works and rewards. And so it's not salvation, but it's rewards. And so here it is. Uh, The king will just say, uh, come to me, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. And this is what it says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer and say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. And so there's this, there's this focus on, and it's an important focus, not just loving God, growing spiritually, but helping others. We live a big life when we help others. We live a small life when we live introverted. When it's all about me, 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 me. Small life. If, if, if every time you wake up, you know, it's about me, 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 me. Who's going to make my breakfast? Who's going to take me, who's going to, take me to school? Who's, who's going to clothe me? Who's going to feed me? Then you know, well, that's a baby right there. That's a little kid because that's how a little kid behaves. Who's going to feed me? Who's going to clothe me? Who's going to take me to school? Who's going to give me this? Who's going to give me that? As soon as you start maturing, it's not about me now. It's about others. How can I help others? What a wonderful thing to live life helping others. What a wonderful thing is. So our vision is to create a community who make a difference in their world because they help others. I want to make a difference in our world. You know, a long time ago, someone asked me this question that was such a confronting question. Here it is. John, if your church were to disappear off the planet, who would miss it? Now, when they're referring church, they're not referring building, they're referring about us, the people, we're the church. If we were to disappear from the planet, who would miss us? Well, how many of you know that's pretty confronting? That's really confronting because there are some churches, if they disappeared, nobody would even know. It's like, really? When did they close down? Really? Because they're doing nothing outside of the walls. The community isn't being impacted. See, see, the thing is this, that I wanted to create a church where the community would grieve if we disappeared. They would just, they would weep and say, Life Source Church, we depended upon them. They're the people that fed us. They're the people that visited us. They're the people that cared for us. And so, and so what, what, what I'm doing is... Is, is trying to create a church where our community become dependent upon us. And so one of the things that Anne and I do, we, we actually get 
the council to come to us and we say, how can we be of more service to our community? What are the needs in our community that we can serve? And they say, why? Nobody asks us those questions. When, when, when people come to us, the question they ask is, you need to do this and this and this for us. But your church says, how can we do this and this for you? We turn it around because we want to help others. And so I love the fact that every Thursday, and it's starting, was it not this Thursday, the following Thursday, we're starting up again, Thursday week. This Thursday. Wow, we're starting up this Thursday, community care. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of volunteers. Where, where are all the volunteers that help us with community care? I want you to stand. All the volunteers. Come on, just stand. All the volunteers that help us with community care. Just stand to your feet. Come on. Come on, look. How awesome is this? I love the fact. I love the fact. And Michael, who, who's our oldest volunteer? <laughs> who, who would be our oldest one? Uh, there's Rosemary. Rosemary. How, how, old, how old is Rosemary? She's what? 80 something? 82. 86. 86 years of age. Do we have... Is there anyone older than Rosemary that helps us? It's just an amazing thing. I, I just, I'm amazed at, at 86 years of age and still says, I've got it to give. I'm not going to sit at home just, uh, just waiting to die. I'm going to go and help others. What an incredible life that is. How many of you know that when you live a life like that, you'll always be loved? There will always be need for you. You'll always be a contributor. So can I just say that uh, community care needs some more helpers. So if you're interested, Kay, Waddle, stand up Kay so everybody can see Kay. Because I can say Kay, but nobody knows who Kay is. Kay heads, heads community care. Get... She's looking for more volunteers. She's looking for some bus drivers to help us get our bus around to bring people in. She's looking for more people to get involved. We, we, we actually uh, work in a, a woman's refuge called Delvina. And uh, Miriam Ollis has been helping us with that. But we need more people that will help us. Just help set up these packages for these, for these women that have just... Every single one of them has come out of an abuse situation. We just put packages together for them when they arrive and packages together with them when they leave just to help set them up. But you know what's more important than the package? It's someone saying, I care. It's someone saying, you know what? You're not rejected and neglected, even though probably the most important people in your life have done that. They've kicked you out. There's a church here that loves you and we want to help. You know, get involved in that. Again, CK about that and see what we can help you and uh, just do that. Another thing that we're doing is church planting. Everybody say church planting. Guess what? We're at work with a church in Fairfield. And so Ben and Sonia have, are heading up a team of people that are helping us plant a life source church in Fairfield. And we've just rented a shop front in the middle. Have you got the picture of the shop front? Right. Uh, it's in your handbag, the shop front in your handbag. <laughs> it's a really small shop front in Anne's handbag. <laughs> but you know what? Um, they were telling me that just this week, they, um, they put on the DVD of Enemy at the Gate. And they had so many people in that shop front. They didn't have enough chairs. They had to sit on the floor to watch the DVD. Um, last 
uh, Sunday afternoon, I was there preaching to them. And, and it's just wonderful just to see what God's doing in Fairfield. We're, we're planning a church and we translate the, the services into Arabic because we've got a lot of these refugees that have come from war-torn country that we're reaching out to. And it's just an incredible uh, bunch of people. How many people go to Fairfield and help us at Fairfield? Stand up all the people that help us at Fairfield. And uh, yeah, there's a few of you. Come on, give them a great big applause as well. I love that. So that's awesome. Wow. What we do for missions is unbelievable. Um, can I just say that on the 25th of March... Helen is um, going to be celebrating her 20th anniversary as our missions pastor. And uh, how awesome is that? 20 years. And, uh, and we're going to celebrate that. And so on the 25th of March next month, we're just going to show what's accomplished in the last 20 years. But we're going to be celebrating a lady that started her ministry at 60 years of age. I love the fact that Helen's now turned 80 and we celebrated it a few, a few months back, her 80th birthday. But at 60 years of age, she started her ministry in our church as missions pastor. And in 20 years has accomplished extraordinary things. And we're going to be celebrating that and having a look at the amazing things that we've accomplished in the last 20 years in, in our church. Just amazing missions things. 45 missionaries set out from our church. What, seven, eight million dollars given to missions. Over 10,000 churches planted. Just extraordinary. You know, we, we've built orphanages. We've built schools. We've built uh, refuges. Amazing things that's happened over 20 years. And it's all because God spoke to us and said, would you help others? And we've said, yes, yes. But can I just say to you that this year, the thing that, that really is heavy on my heart is the sharing Jesus, the whole sharing of Jesus, the whole essence of sharing Jesus. And so on the 17th and 24th, Tony McLennan is coming just to, just to train us a little bit more in sharing Jesus, how to simplify sharing Jesus. So we're not asking you to go door-to-door -door knocking. We're not asking you to get a microphone and go on a street corner and preach to strangers. We're just asking you to prepare yourself to share Jesus with people that you know so that you're helping them. How many of you are so glad that someone shared Jesus with you? Give me a wave if you're glad that someone shared Jesus with you. You know, I, I look at Yik and I look at Sim. Someone shared Jesus with you. And now you're saved, you're born again because someone shared Jesus with you. How wonderful is that? Now you're sharing Jesus with others. And you've got friends here today that you've brought because of your love for them. You've, you've discovered this treasure that's absolutely awesome. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, can I encourage you to get involved in that? Sign up for this just to help you get an understanding of how to share Jesus with others so that we can help people with the gospel and see people change. You know what? I've got so much more to say. We'll do volunteering in church later on. But can I just say, get involved. This is about getting involved. So, so you know, with loving God, come to church. With growing spiritually, get connected in a connect group. With helping others, get involved. So that's the three things you've got to do. Come to church, join a connect group, get involved. That's the vision. It's as simple as that. And you know what? Things will begin to happen. Let me finish this morning. Come on. I want to finish this morning and just say this, that the vision in our church will always be to preach the gospel. 
I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to all who believe. Do you know what? I started ministry 40 years ago. I went to Bible college. And I went to Bible college with a passion for the things of God. And a love for the gospel. You know what? Back in those days, I didn't know much. I didn't have 40 years of experience. I was brand new. And so when you're brand new, you don't have a big resource to preach from. You haven't got a lot of experience to preach from. I mean, I started preaching at 18, 19 years of age. What do you know? But all I knew was the gospel. I knew that I was saved. I knew that Jesus was the Lord. And for 40 years, I've been preaching the gospel. And you know what? While there's breath in these lungs, if God gives me grace to stay on this planet until I'm an old man, I'll still preach the gospel. I still love the gospel. And you know what? I still get emotional talking about the gospel. You know what? I still weep when I see someone give their lives to Jesus. Why is that? Because it's the power of God to salvation. It's the power of God. It's the purpose why I'm here, to preach the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That was the first Bible verse that I learned as a little kid in Sunday school. And I've never lost the revelation of that verse. To this day, it still moves me that God so loved people that he gave his son. That's what it's all about. It's about leading people to Jesus. How many of you know there's a devil out there that's destroying people? There's a devil out there that's just suppressing people and keeping them depressed and keeping them without a future and a hope. But Jesus came to release us from every bondage, every sin, every guilt, every shame and give us hope and give us life and give us a future and come into our lives and transform us and make us like Jesus. And today, here's the call of God saying to you, are you ready to receive Jesus? Come on, are you ready? There's nothing more beautiful life than receiving Jesus. Are you ready to have your sins forgiven? Or are you still going to drag them with you wherever you go? Drag your sins with you or have them forgiven. It's your choice. But if you want your sins forgiven, it's as simple as ABC. It's as simple as admitting that you've sinned by saying sorry. It's as simple as B, believing that Jesus died for you, that Jesus paid the penalty for your sins upon the cross. Do you believe that Jesus came? Do you believe that he died upon a cross? Do you believe that on the third day he rose from the dead? How awesome is that to believe that? If you believe that, then there's just one more thing you've got to do, and that's commit yourself to following him. I did it as a little kid. I said, Jesus, I'm committing myself. I'm going to be a God lover. I'm going to follow you. I'm committing myself. And if today you're willing to do that, I'm willing to pray for you. Are you willing to let Jesus into your life? Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.